Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to my podcast here at the Possum Trot Studios in awesome Austin, Texas. Sit back and relax, grab your Dr. Pepper. We are going to chat with a very special neighbor of mine, and we will talk with him in just a second. He's a very close neighbor. I like him a lot. I've known him for the last couple of years, but first off, let's get started with the Doug the Neighbor Possum Trot Studio. I'd like to welcome Jojo Bear, my uh, vice president in charge of production here. We've had Jojo Bear for a long time and everything goes smoothly because Jojo Bear is here with us today. Now, here at the Possum Trot Studios, as you know, we always look at the weather window, and today is kind of cloudy, the sun's coming out, but here in awesome Austin, Texas, it is hot, hot, and hot. So, there you go. And also for the sports quote of the day, not much of a quote except Spectrum and uh, Fox Southwest uh, that carries my beloved, glorious Texas Rangers still are in a contract dispute, so no Texas Rangers on the cable. And please, I know it's a contract dispute, it's about money, but be nice, play nice, and let's solve this because it's baseball and this is America. Okay, this is Doug the Neighbor here at the Possum Trot Studios in awesome Austin, Texas, and I'd like to introduce you to one of my neighbors, a very special neighbor. He's got a great story, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Dan Bogart. Dan, how are you? I'm great, Doug. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very, very glad to have you here uh, for this podcast and uh, here at the uh, at sitting here at the coffee bar in the Possum Trot Studios. Uh, now, Dan, let's just get right to this. You are my neighbor. I am. I'm lucky enough to say <laughs> yeah. we live right across the street from each other. <laughs> right across the street from me. He's a very close neighbor and, as you can already tell, a very funny man. And that's why we're very excited to have Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan Bogart, here today. Now, let's just start off. Dan, your last name is Bogart. That's Please correct. tell me the story of your name. My name. So it, there actually is an interesting story here. Uh, Please. You might be familiar with the actor, old-time actor, Humphrey Bogart. Very much so. Very much so. One of his posters for Casablanca is there in the man cave. Oh, incredible. So, yes. So no relation, but we are, as a family, my, my immediate family and I have the last name Bogart due to Humphrey Bogart. And the well, reason, please tell us the story. <laughs> the reason for that is that my dad was adopted as okay. a kid, and okay. his adoptive family, uh, one of his brothers, had started a record label called Casablanca Records. Uh, Casablanca, after the famous movie Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman were in Casablanca. Ex exactly. Yes. And uh, I guess out of support and solidarity and the fact that he didn't really have a connection to, uh, to his father uh, by birth, they mm -hmm. all, him and his brothers, changed their last name to Bogart. Uh, to support that brother who's, who started the record label, record Casablanca. Label. Now, records. do you know if that record label still exists? Uh, oh, I, I'm not sure, but I think they actually are making a movie out of 
Neil Bogart, who was his his foster brother, who started that label. So Neil, Neil Bogart. Neil Bogart. So be on the lookout. Who knows how long it takes to make a movie? But maybe in the next ten years or so. Oh, well, that's see. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And uh, uh, do you does your family have actual pressings or the actual records from the the Casablanca records? I would not be surprised. Um, we're we. A little bit past the the vinyl age. Yeah, uh, I don't, it's, it's coming a, back. It's though. been a while. Yeah, but my dad always did have a, a big collection, sort of just visually present above the TV and stuff. So of Casablanca records, of all sorts of records. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if a few of those were in the collection as well. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. So your name is Dan Bogart. Yes, and your Bogart is uh, same as Humphrey Bogart, but it's after uh, your uh, uh, uncle. Would that be an uncle? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, never met him, but yeah, he started a record company, Casablanca. So the name was changed in support of Casablanca. That's a great story. Now, now, Dan, have you ever done your DNA? Done my DNA, like on one of those online uh, DNA things. Well, I think ancestry. You, that well, sort of, I think uh, the DNA. What I'm referring to is where you spit in the uh, in the jug, and they give you some sort of uh, readout of uh, where you came from. Have you ever done something like <laughs> I've that? I've never done something like well, that. Are you interested in doing something like that? You know, it scares me a little bit. I don't know. Why? If, Why does it scare you? You hear stories about people not realizing who they're related to or what sort of crime some family member committed. So I think we'll just, we'll just leave that a secret. We'll just leave it a secret. Sure. <laughs> okay. I like that. Have you done that? Uh, no, I have not. I'm interested. Okay. But uh, our family pretty much knows that we are Scottish uh, my name, first name is Doug Douglas. My and my first name is Murray. So Murray Douglas. My grandmother was a Boyd. So we kind of figured out that we're pretty Scottish. You know? right. <laughs> to, to pay money to find out we're Scottish, <laughs> we as uh, Scotsmen we don't pay. <laughs> we already know we don't pay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> so all right. Well, uh, Dan, uh, where were you born? I'm from New York. Uh, Grew up in Brooklyn, but was born in a hospital in Manhattan. You, you were born in Manhattan. Born in Manhattan, um, and then, yep, raised and grew up in Brooklyn. Grew up in Brooklyn. Now, what what part of Brooklyn? Park Slope. Park Slope. Now, you know that Doug the neighbor lived in uh, New York City for many, many years, and Park Slope is a beautiful area of uh, Brooklyn. Well, thank you for saying so. Remind me what, what part of New York uh, you I lived in? in the West Village. Greenwich Village goes all the way across Manhattan. And the, on the west side towards the uh, Hudson River is considered uh, the West Village. I lived two blocks from the Meatpacking District. So uh, I lived there for 30 years in the West Village. Very cool. Yes, it was very cool. And I've been to Brooklyn and the Park Slope area. Uh, many times, one time I biked on over the Brooklyn Bridge to go over to drive uh, to uh, bike around uh, the park there. What's the park there? Prospect Park. Prospect Park. Biked all the way around that. That was a real journey, and uh, one of the best parts was stopping to get a slice of pizza in Brooklyn. Oh. 
I miss it. I can't talk about pizza <laughs> while we're... No, there's some, good, there's some good places in Austin, too, but there's something special about New York pizza, for sure. Well, you basically are a New Yorker, so <laughs> <laughs> you're just being nice to uh, the people here in awesome Austin, Texas, but uh, Brooklyn pizza. <laughs> yeah, tough to beat. Tough to beat. Tough, tough to beat. Have yeah. you ever been to Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens? You know that one? Uh, no, okay. I don't. No. Okay, next no. time you're there. Yeah, okay. That's, that's my favorite. Story. Okay, now what was that one, name of that? That one again, please. That's uh, called Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens. Ellen uh, B.'s Spumoni Garden yeah, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. That's been around for, I think, over 75 years. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not actually your traditional New York slice, so it's a thicker crust, uh, uh, like a Sicilian kind of pizza. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, that's my weakness. <laughs> well, you're now in Texas, and so we're enjoying to our podcast listeners. We have our Dr. Pepper here at the coffee bar. Dr. Dan and I are enjoying this, and he's telling us a story about Ellen B. Spumoni Garden in Brooklyn, New York, for some really good pizza. Now, uh, Dan, where did you go to high school in Brooklyn? I went to high school at a really small school, about 50 kids a grade. 50? 50, yeah, 5-0. Oh. Uh, so really small school, uh, is about a 5 to 10 minute walk away from, from where I grew up, Uh huh. So in, in Park Slope. And what was the name of the school? It's called Berkeley Carroll. Berkeley Carroll. Yes. Berkeley Carroll. And, yeah. And your, your class had maybe 50 people in it? Yeah, graduated with, yeah, probably just about 50. Oh, really? Now, were you the lions, tigers, or bears as your school mascot? <laughs> and now you're only giving those three options. Do you know something about my school? Because well, uh, we you... were the lions. <laughs> Go, Go lions! <laughs> Well, to refresh your movie uh, history, when uh, Dorothy was in the uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, was uh, being afraid she was t afraid of lions, tigers, or bears. <laughs> oh, <Sure>. my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So, uh, now, in, in, uh, at Berkeley Carroll, you said you had 50 uh, classmates. Did you participate in choir, sports, anything like that? I did play some sports. One of the benefits of it being a small school is that you really had the opportunity to try out and basically get accepted to whatever team you wanted to. <laughs> Whoever shows uh, up. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so in high school I did, uh, I was on the swim team, which was a new team that they developed uh, when I started high school, right. as well as the tennis team, which was also a new program. And then senior year, uh, while I was actually playing tennis, one of my good friends who never played any sports told me he was going to play volleyball. Right, and, and volleyball's a great sport. Oh, it, very it was great, had never played, never didn't even know mm -hmm. uh, the rules or mm -hmm. anything, but th this friend of mine is such a hilarious person and just not traditional. He hadn't played any sports, so right. I thought it would be too fun an opportunity to pass up, so I, I played volleyball as well. Yeah, and, and the growth of volleyball across the United States and around the world has been absolutely phenomenal. Indoor volleyball, Olympic sports, beach volleyball, men's, women, mix. It's, it's been fantastic growth in volleyball. Sure, yeah. Or even pool volleyball, if you... A pool volleyball, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or we used to call that water polo, didn't we? Or I think that's a separate separate sport. Where that's, uh, water polo is nets, where uh, goals... And, right, right. And, and then volleyball is nets. Exactly. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Now, uh, at high school, uh, while in high school at uh, Berkeley Carroll, uh, did you have a job while in high school job? I did tutor while I was a student there. Oh, a smart guy. <laughs> Thanks, Becca. <Yeah. laughs> what, what, I would have used you. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you what do you need? You need someone? <laughs> I remember my mother was very kind because I was frustrated in English. I was having uh, problems in English, and the teacher across the street, uh, my mother recruited her to help me with uh, uh, my English uh, uh, diagramming sentences mm. and understanding what a noun, a pronoun was, and uh, that uh, I was very uh, afraid of doing it because of what other people would think, mm. but I found out that that was the best thing for me because I just needed a little individual attention, and then boom, my grades went up, and so throughout my life, I have never been afraid of asking for help, and finally, uh, I found out that one of the great tenets of business is not admitting, it's not a weakness to admit a failure, but to state you need help in something, which means you are a good manager. I cannot do this. I need someone to help me with this. So therefore, you are managing the entire situation not because you can't get it done, but you realize, I can do this, but I can't do this. I need help. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a, an incredible lesson to learn, yes. to learn early. Yes. It's awesome. And it's now considered in, in upper management to, a, to be a strength. You realize what you can do and can't do. Hmm. So to be a tutor, what, what, I'm sorry to uh, wax on about there, but that, what were the classes that you were tutoring? I was a Latin tutor. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Latin, and uh, I did geometry as well. So you really are a smart guy. Latin and geometry. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. Now, uh, after high school at Berkeley Carroll, uh, the Lions, right? Yes. <laughs> where, where did you go to college? I went to college in St. Louis. In so. St. Louis? Mm -hmm. uh, what school? Washington University. Oh, very good school. Mm -hmm. in Washington, uh, Washington University in St. Louis. Yeah, it's kind of a mouthful, but if you just say Washington University, uh, people uh, think it's people in, know in the yes. state Washington. So yeah, Washington University in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Uh, yeah, or yes. Wash U for short. Oh, oh, it's called Wash U? Wash U, yeah. They okay. Actually, you, you mentioned business. They, they had a few uh, businesses where I guess students could could take over the business and run the business on campus. Oh, really? So there's just one that, that I recall because it was called Wash You Wash. So it was like a laundry mat that was oh. owned by students uh, right, uh, and, right. and they would wash wash clothes. Wash You Wash. Wash uh, You Wash. Well, we have a shout out for Wash <laughs> yep. You Wash if they're still in business. <laughs> I think now a lot of the uh, uh, the schools, I've uh, chatted with some of the parents who uh, they just have laundry pickup for the students oh, because sure. the uh, laundromats were getting swamped with lots of students who didn't have the time to do it and it just became more expedient. We'll pick it up and cheaper and deliver it back to you oh, because wow. the laundromats were getting swamped. They're just too many students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. Yeah, not a bad idea at all. I wish they'd come by my place and pick, <laughs> up, pick up the dirty laundry. Now, uh, Washington University in St. Louis now, 
you're living in Brooklyn, how would you even hear about Washington University? Why not NYU, Princeton, Columbia, uh, University of Virginia, Delaware, uh, University of Pennsylvania, much closer? You just answered your own question. <laughs> couldn't be that close to home. So I, I knew I wanted to get away from New York and really even get away from within driving distance of New York. So I, I wanted to have sort of a, a true college experience, um, especially given, given that I went to such a small high school. It was actually the same high school, middle school, elementary school. So my world, you know, I had really close friends growing up, but it was pretty small and I wanted to to kind of expand my horizons and uh, break away from that and, and push what I knew and go somewhere that was completely different. So, so oh, well, I like that challenge. I, I like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Someplace completely different. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned something very interesting, and we'll backtrack a little bit, that you uh, grew up in Brooklyn. Your, uh, your high school was very close to where you live. Mm -hmm. So you have friends that go way back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have friends that I've... I'm still in touch with who I've, I've known since I'm four or five years old. That, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing because here at the Possum Trot Studios, we are big believers in new friends are like silver and old friends are like gold and that is what makes us wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doug, you can, you can join the gold class. <laughs> I joined the gold Even though it's only been two years. It's yeah. been two years, <laughs> but it's been a beautiful two years. And yeah. uh, Okay. Now, uh, you also uh, uh, mentioned something that uh, uh, you are a twin. I am a twin, yeah. You're a twin, and you have a great story concerning your twin. And I forgot to ask you if you had a pet, uh, a, a, a stuffed animal when you were growing up. I introduced you to Jojo Bear here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you had a great story concerning your twin and your uh, uh, stuffed animal. Please tell it, and uh, we can embarrass your twin brother. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it paints him in a pretty good like okay. like him but um yeah so uh, i we had a, a trip to disney oh gosh the one in florida disney, disney world world yes. disney world when i was younger uh -huh. um so we went into the gift shop me my twin brother uh and my mom mm. and we're looking around and they of course have all the uh Stuffed animals, mini, mini, right? Exactly. And there were these chipmunks. I think they were called Chip and Dale. Oh yes, old school. This is oh yeah, yeah. And I really just sort of fell in love with one of them, and it was, and I wanted to get it, and I asked my mom if we could have it, and she, she said no. You know, I'm sure looking back now, it's expensive enough to do a trip like that. We don't need to blow another whatever it is, thirty bucks on a stuffed animal. But but my brother Justin was there, and twin, twin. And he decided uh, he wasn't going to have that. He saw that I wanted something, and, and he decided to, to be a bro, as you might say. And yeah. he, he just threw his body over it on the floor of the gift <laughs> shop and, and would not move or leave until... Uh, threw a tantrum. Threw a tantrum uh, on my behalf, though. So that's, that's pretty good. Uh, and, and we got it. So, <laughs> so uh, bro props to your brother, Justin, your twin. Absolutely. Thanks, <laughs> and, Just. And you still remember that story. I remember. I, I don't actually remember sleeping in bed. I don't know if it like slept in bed with me or was in the room, <laughs> but I remember the story of, of, of Justin throwing there. a tantrum yeah. for over Chip and Dale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good story. Now, uh, so 
did you did your family have any pets when you were growing up? We were not allowed to have pets actually in our in our build. Well, we weren't allowed to have any four-legged pets. Uh, we did have fish growing oh, up. Oh, you had fish growing up. And what type of fish? Uh, goldfish, goldfish, various kinds. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Oh, good. So you were fish people. Goldfish. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Because the pets were not allowed in your building in the in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh I see. We I lived see. in a, a co-op, so there a few a few different people kind of jointly own the building, and so right. that was one of their rules. Right. That is how a co-op uh, works. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, co-op cooperatively owned by the, uh, the tenants. Cooperatively. Yes. Owned yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Now. Uh, Great Disneyland story in your brother, and uh, we'll make sure that he gets this uh, podcast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're getting a Chippendale stuffed animal at Christmas. <laughs> okay, so you're going to college at uh, St. Louis University, Washington University mm -hmm. in St. Louis. And uh, did they have any sports uh, mascots? You were the Lions, Tigers, or... They were the bears. They were the bears. <laughs> Go bears. Go bears. <laughs> Did you participate in any volleyball, swimming, or tennis there in at St. Louis? Not through an organized team. Um, I know actually the, the sport I would play there was basketball. Oh, uh, just, you're a Brooklyn guy. Basketball, b-ball. Yeah, uh, just just pick up games with friends. <laughs> so, uh, are you a Knicks fan or a Nets fan? I have a Nets shirt, which I will wear sometimes, but uh, truth be told, I, I don't watch much uh, uh, of the NBA. Uh, I, I'm more into, in terms of watching sports, the Mets for baseball and the Giants for football. Front, football, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, to our podcast listeners, New York City is very much a sports town, and uh, the division is rather clear. You can be a... Uh, a Yankees fan, a Giants fan, and a Knicks fan, or you can be a Mets fan, a Nets fan, and a Jets fan. And then you have people like Dr. Dan, where <laughs> there's a little crossover there, uh, where you are a Mets fan, but you watch the New York Giants in football. So it's a little crossover. Yeah, yeah. And when you travel to New York City, uh, it's very important that you know which pub, tavern, restaurant you walk into, <laughs> whether that is a Yankee bar or a Mets bar or a Giants uh, bar pub or a Jets bar or pub. Right. Yeah, probably more for the Mets, Yankees than Giants, Jets. Yeah, yeah. But and, the Mets are so bad these days that it's hard to for us to have rivals with anyone. <laughs> We're our own rival, I think. So. Your own rival. Yeah, you're safe. You're safe if you go but, visit New But York. long history with the Mets, very watchable. And uh, if you don't believe in miracles, there is the 69 Mets, the 73 Mets. Miracles do happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. 86 Mets. It's just, I'm waiting for it in my lifetime, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> the 86 Mets, yeah. uh, Mookie Wilson. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Miracles do happen. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, while you were in college uh, and being, uh, did you tutor while you were in college? Did I tutor while I was in college? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I did a little tutoring. Uh, I also worked at a call center, but that was something <laughs> unrelated to that. <laughs> a job? You had a job? Yeah, and, yeah. And, I would call people uh, trying to raise money for the their annual fund. Oh, um, for the school fund? Yeah. The endowment? The yeah. yeah oh, scholarship. I, I, I like that. Did you have a car in college? 
I did, yeah. My grandpa actually gave me his old car. Oh, what type of car was it? It was a 2003 Toyota Avalon, and I'm actually still driving it to this day. Isn't that a beautiful story? You're still driving your grandfather's car that he gave you, uh, and this is 2003, so that means it's 16 years old. Yeah. And yeah, it's still, still going. Still kicking. Oh, that's great. Did you give it a name? Have you given that car a name? Are you... No name, but I do think of my grandpa when I when I get in it and drive it. Oh, that's a beautiful story. That's a yeah. beautiful story. He helped you. Oh, excuse me, folks. I just a uh, little burp there with my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Dan, a little uh, Dr. Pepper for us. Uh, folks, we have verbal realism here. We are enjoying our uh, Dr. Pepper here at the coffee bar in the Possum Trot Studios. And uh, a little uh, burp there. I apologize to you, but this uh, podcast is verbal realism. So that's a beautiful story. Your uh, car uh, was given to you by your grandfather to assist you to go to college, and you still have it. Yep. Yeah. That, that's a beautiful story, and it's a Toyota Avalon. Maybe they should Toyota should call you up and uh, put you in some of their ads that uh, the car is still going, still serving you. They, well, after they listen to this podcast, oh, yeah, I don't I'm see why not. So, if any of our in. podcast listeners have any pull with that, <laughs> with uh, uh, Toyota, uh, we have a prime uh, candidate for some of your advertising or Doctor Pepper or Doctor Pepper. If yes, we make an appeal sponsor. every day. <laughs> Dr. Pepper and uh, Bluebell ice cream. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are Texas products, and we are uh, do support our uh, businesses here in Texas. Now, uh, what was your discipline in college that you studied at Washington University? I double majored there. Um, the first one's a bit of a mouthful, but it was a program, a joint program called. Uh, philosophy, neuroscience, and psychology. So all three of those disciplines sort of wrapped up into one. Philosophy, neuroscience, and psychology. psychology. Now, can you spell all that? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you got a piece of scrap paper, maybe, yeah, yeah. not off the top of the head. Um, that is, a, that is a, a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. So PNP for short. PNP? PNP, right. Philosophy, oh, uh, neuroscience, psychology. And this was at the University of, of Washington, uh, Washington University yes, in yes, St. Louis. Yes, and then you choose one that you want to focus more on in depth with, and I, I was fascinated by psychology. So that's that's oh. the one I went in more in depth. And then I also was a double major in economics. Okay. Uh, at the time, unsure which direction to go, and uh, wound up wound up sticking with psychology. Just wound up sticking, but at least now you can balance your checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> in theory, yeah. In theory. <laughs> And did you continue your education after Washington University? I did, yeah. I took a year in between, but uh, got some more experience working in research labs. Oh, decided okay. that's what I wanted to pursue, psychology research. Uh, oh. And I applied and was accepted into a PhD program in the University of California, Irvine. University of California in Irvine. Now, Irvine is just outside of Los Angeles? Yeah, it's about an hour south of LA. Hour south, mm -hmm. towards uh, uh, Disneyland or towards... Uh, yeah, yeah, towards uh, San Diego. Towards um, Irvine. Yeah, it's in uh, Orange County. Oh, oh, in Orange County. Yeah. Okay, now... Why? Why that school? You're living. You're from. You're a kid from Brooklyn, which is a compliment. A kid from Brooklyn, right? <laughs> sure. And you're in uh, St. Louis. Why that particular school, all the way out in California? 
Um, so I have uh, my uncle, technically my mom's cousin, but he, he is a psychologist and he was always growing up telling me really fascinating stories about uh, psychology and the things that happen um, in, in real world cases. So he, he studies what are called false confessions. So people uh, who didn't actually commit a crime, but will sometimes in certain cases falsely confess to that crime. Falsely confess. Now that I'm aware of this, I've never heard that term put that way, false confession, mm -hmm. but I'm aware of this where people seek the notoriety and they admit to something that they didn't do. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily seeking notoriety. So that, that could be one possibility. One possibility. Oh, sure, sure. But there's, there's many different sort of factors that can, that can lead to this. Uh, one of them being, we think as, as someone who's innocent, we are sort of immune to outside pressure. We, we wouldn't confess to something, uh, right, a, right. a crime that we didn't do. But once you get in this situation, if there's high pressure, there's anxiety, there's confusion, uh, even an innocent person under some... Duress. Some, yes, under duress uh, could, could possibly just... There's many reasons, but maybe they say, I'm sure the details will get sorted out later. I haven't slept in... 12 hours, I haven't seen my mom in, in, mm -hmm. in a day and a half. I'm just going to say this just to get out of this stressful situation. It'll get sorted uh, out Isn't later. that the uh, Latin term to fall on your sword, to just, uh, you know, whatever, sacrifice yourself? Uh, yeah, I did it. Okay, now can I go home and eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. So, yeah. uh, so it's a fascinating phenomenon. I always grew up sort of hearing those stories, uh, and I... I really respect him uh, in the psychology world. And so, um, you know, I had consulted with him asking what kind of programs he thought might be a good fit. I was really interested in a similar phenomenon called false memories, where people will remember things uh, slightly different than they happened on, on one extreme or even on the other extreme, remember entire events that never occurred. And how is this possible? Right. Uh, and right. there was a, a preeminent researcher out there doing that kind of work. So that's how that. Uh, Audi at UC University. UC Irvine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Irvine. Irvine. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's get into that uh, uh, here in just a minute. But uh, I wanted to let our podcast uh, listeners know that we are talking to Dr. Dan Bogart from Brooklyn, but he is my neighbor here in awesome Austin, Texas. And he went to the universe, Washington University in St. Lewis, and now he's telling us a story about going to uh, a graduate school at uh, University of California in Irvine. And Dan, when you got here, you were a little nervous about doing a podcast. How are you feeling now? <laughs> I'm very relaxed. Though. Okay, you've got your Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I don't know what's in this Dr. Pepper, but I'm feeling good now. <laughs> it's Dr. Pepper. It's absolutely Dr. Pepper. Okay, uh, so... Uh, what was, you're going there for a doctorate degree, what were you, uh, what were you uh, studying, uh, what were you studying there at uh, the uh, University of California, uh, Irvine again? Uh, so out there I was, uh, it's a social psychology, um, well it's actually psychology and social behavior is the name of the program, and then I chose to concentrate in social psychology, but really with a focus on memory and understanding how false memories can happen, how people can not only forget things, we all intuitively know that we forget things, but how they can misremember things or insert details into memories that didn't really happen. Oh, okay. Now, isn't that, now that's very interesting. False memory. Yes. 
okay to the brain sends a, a, a wave and says, uh, oh, you're going to remember this. It, the color's red when it should have been blue or something like that. Yeah, there's many ways it can happen. I mean, even maybe you've had an experience having a dream and, and sort of waking up or a couple of weeks later thinking about it and not necessarily knowing, did I just dream that or did that really happen? So there's all sources, there's all different sources of information. So sometimes we can just conflate two different things uh, or something we imagined or dreamt and that could uh, work its way into a memory. That's one possible way it could happen. Oh, okay. All right. Now, uh, you graduated from there, so you now are Dr. Dan. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Now, what is your title? What is, what is your title? Dr. Dan Bogart. Dr. Dan, yeah, Dan Daniel Bogart. I guess PhD would be the degree um, in terms of the job that I'm doing now, uh, I'm a lecturer, so I'm teaching teaching psychology. Oh, I see. I see. You're teaching psychology. Now that brings us up to when we met. So this is the the best part about the story. When did you move to awesome Austin, Texas? Two years ago, just about exactly. Uh, it was July Fourth weekend of 2017. July Fourth uh, uh, weekend, 2017. Yes, that is your Austin day. Uh, so uh, the this is absolutely terrific. Uh, oh, looks like we've got a visitor. Come on into the Possum Trot Studios. Oh, Paul and Chains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're late for dinner. Oh no. <laughs> well, folks here at the Possum Trot Studios, we are uh, in the middle of our uh, podcast, and we just had a visitor. We have Dr. Dan Bogart's my fiance, fiance here. <laughs> <laughs> she came to check on. On him, so this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, have a seat. Uh, if you just give me a second, I will uh, give you a seat to sit down here, and uh, we can continue our uh, podcast. How's that sound? Great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, folks, this is very interesting for our podcast. Uh, hang on just for a second, and we will do some furniture moving here in the Possum Trot Studios, and we will continue with our podcast with Dr. Dan Bogart. Hang on just a second. I've got to go back here in the back rooms of the studio so we can continue our podcast. We are having some good laughs with Dr. Dan Bogart, and his fiance has just showed up. We have now got a spot for her so that she can be right here. There you go. Please sit down. There you go. Okay. Very, very interesting development here at the Possum Trot Studio. Okay. We are now hooked back up with our lavalier. Uh, microphones. Dan, didn't you have a story about what the lavalier microphones are? Well, I was curious when you mentioned lavalier because uh, I think they insure jewelry, but it must be a separate lavalier company. Right, right. I, think, I know it as a lavalier, and uh, there is a company out there that sells insurance for jewelry, right? Lavalier. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, you are studying at the University of California in Irvine, and you have graduated uh, with as a doctor, a doctorate in uh, what is the again the title? A doctorate in psychology. 
a doctorate in psychology, so you are now Dr. Dan. And then you moved to awesome Austin, Texas on July 4th, 2017. Isn't that correct? That is correct. And that is when we met. Okay, that's absolutely fantastic. Maybe the very day uh, I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doug the neighbor is rather gregarious and always <laughs> likes to meet his neighbors. Now, uh, why did you move to awesome Austin, Texas? Well, this is why the timing couldn't be better with this surprise guest over here. <laughs> uh, my fiance at the time um, had just finished uh, her, her schooling. So she was in veterinary school cool. right? and got a job out here. Got a job here. Yeah. yeah. And I was still finishing my PhD program. So I was in the district, what's called the dissertation writing phase of my, of my program, which afforded me the opportunity to do that from sort of wherever in the country. Right, right. Uh, online, online. Uh, yeah, I mean, really just working on writing it and then oh. emailing drafts back and forth with, okay. with my advisors. But yeah, can all be done on the computer. Okay, so your fiance had a job here. Excuse me, folks. Whoa, that Dr. Pepper's really kicking in today. <laughs> Verbal realism here at the Possum Trot Studios, drinking our Dr. Pepper with Dr. Dan Bogart here uh, for our interview. Doug the Neighbor interviewing his neighbor's Dr. Dan Bogart. So your fiancé got a job here in awesome Austin, Texas, and you came here and were able to write your dissertation for your thesis. Is it a thesis, a dissertation? What is the difference, Dan? Yeah, um, you could sort of use them interchangeably, but I guess maybe technically, uh, usually for a master's program, uh, at the end of your master's program, which is typically about two years, uh -huh. um, the paper that you would write would be your thesis. You might hear master's thesis. Oh, I see. Uh, and then in a PhD program, you're going you're going on for another perhaps four years. In my right. case, right. Uh, and then and then there's the capstone project of that project uh, right. would be the dissertation. So it's a longer uh, a longer undertaking. Um, Mm -hmm. In my case, sort of a package of three different studies. PhD meaning piled higher and deeper. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds yeah. about right. It yeah. sounds about right, right. Now, uh, did you have to have a subject for your dissertation? Yes, yeah. So you go to your, what you, you create what's called a dissertation committee. So you reach out to different faculty members. You need, you know, a certain number at least on the committee. Some of them have to be within your program, some of them outside of your, your school. Uh, so you get the right mix of people there, and then you propose what your idea is for your research project that will become your dissertation. You get their feedback. Hopefully you get the green light, and uh -huh. then you spend uh, a year or two or three, however long it takes, completing that work and then writing it up. And writing up. And, yeah. and what is the title of your dissertation? Oh, the title? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, well, it's your work. <laughs> <laughs> it's your book. <laughs> oh, I'll give you the topic. It's, it's on false memory. So oh, it's on false memory, it's on which false you talked memory, about right? earlier. Yeah. Yes. So uh, I was interested in how people's confidence in their memory ability might relate to how likely they would be to develop a false memory. So if someone's really confident in their... Uh, and their memory ability, they think they have an amazing memory, and then someone else sort of suggests suggests some misleading detail about some event that they witnessed. Uh -huh. Will they actually be less likely to incorporate that incorrect detail into their into their memory uh, if they're really confident about their memory? Or on the flip side, if someone's not so confident about their memory, they think they make a lot of mistakes, and someone else says, "Oh, it didn't happen that way; it happened this other way." Oh, I see. Will they be more likely to? incorporate that 
perhaps misleading. Right, piece and, of and then also with memory, uh, time rusts away uh, with facts and details. Sure, absolutely, yeah. You know, so. as, as time passes, all right, there's more sort of holes that, that form in our memory that potentially right. we, we recognize those holes are there, or perhaps we don't, and we just sort of try to fill them in. Try and fill them in with a good story. Sure. Like the great phrase, facts are boring, but stories are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, yeah. You like that one? Now, that's about the time that I met you, and, uh, and I find that you're a very admirable person because you, to support your family, took on some work. To uh, uh, while you were working on your dissertation, please tell our podcast listeners uh, what you did. When I first came out here, I was still finishing the dissertation. Um, once I finished that, or as I was finishing that up, I um, I tutored. Actually, went back to sort of what I was doing in high school. Yes, in high school, you went um, to high school. Yeah, and I found a couple of online companies that uh, connected me with clients. Um, they sort of tested me to make sure I was capable in capable, tutoring yes. those mm-hmm. subjects that I, that I was interested in and then connected with them. So I was doing online tutoring mostly um, through that company uh, in, in various subjects, psychology, test prep, SAT, ACT. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's very good. And I remember uh, you uh, telling me about this and thought it was very admirable that you were working on your dissertation and then working online to uh, to make a few bucks to support your family. And then something happened. Tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were you were a great encouragement, Doug. Always, uh, <laughs> Doug the neighbor. Pushing, I'm pushing on you me. like a bad rash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I did, uh, uh, as I was tutoring, applied to teaching jobs. Um, and so um, did receive uh, a couple of jobs. So I started as what's called an adjunct lecturer, where you're just teaching a class or two at a school. You're not a full-time uh, teacher, but just to, that's what the opening was, and just to get that experience. Sure, uh, I sure. did that at a couple schools out here in Texas. And uh, what were those schools? Uh, I taught a class at Texas State University. That's in San Marcos. In San Marcos, yep. And then uh, also a community college called Central Texas College. Up, it was a bit of a commute. That was about a, an hour and 20 minutes north up in Colleen. Colleen. To our podcast listeners, San Marcos is about 30, maybe 45 miles south of Austin on I-35, Interstate 35. And Colleen is about 100 miles north of Austin on I-35. Colleen being the uh, home base of Fort Hood. Mm-hmm. And there's a community college up there. And this is very admirable, Dr. Dan. You're working two jobs uh, teaching to gain, to gain your experience after uh, many years of, of uh, schooling, dissertation, and now uh, online tutoring, and then now two jobs teaching to get that experience. But that all had a happy ending. Please tell me uh, what the happy ending is. And I <laughs> yeah. take, Doug the Neighbor takes all the credit. <laughs> As well you should, Doug. Uh, but yeah, so after that semester of, of doing both of those schools, uh, then a position opened up at Texas State for me to teach full-time, and this was just this last semester, so I taught full-time there yes. uh, last semester, and uh, this is a bit of sad news, Doug, but, yeah, uh, I know but you coming. already know it. Yes, um, I will be, and it is sad news. I uh, will be teaching in the fall at a school out, uh, out back east, closer to, to where I grew up. Okay. Um, and that's called Rowan University. Rowan, you landed a, a full-time job at Rowan University. Yes. Where is Rowan University? It's in New Jersey, uh, South Jersey, uh, 
a little bit out of maybe 20 miles out of Philadelphia. And what city is it in? It's in Glassboro, New Jersey. Glassboro, New Jersey, and Rowan University. Well, that is just great news because you have worked hard at your discipline, and now you have a full-time job doing what your dream is. That's absolutely beautiful. Now, how did you even hear about Rowan University? How did I hear about it? I did apply sort of all over the country um, looking for jobs, being in academia. Uh um, You don't necessarily have the luxury of of deciding exactly where you want to be. Job opening came up. Job opening came up, um, but it's a fantastic school. Closer to home. Closer to home. And, and right. uh, yeah. And your game plan is to uh, leave this area sometime this summer, uh, and you are going uh, back to uh, uh, Glassboro, New Jersey, to teach at Rowan University. How many classes are you going to teach? Um, so I'll be doing a full load there, which is four classes. Four each classes. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, while you're there, uh, you're, uh, are you going to fly back? Taking the my old my grandpa's old car, oh, <laughs> two thousand three. Yeah, and I understand you just bought a new car. Yes, uh, yes, we did. This one's really the fiance's, but uh, yes, we got we got a new Mazda, which I never uh, owned a Mazda before, but they they impressed us and. We're taking two cars out. We're going to caravan out there to Jersey. Oh, that's terrific. And does this new car have a name? (laughs) This one does have a name. This is Mad Dog the Mazda. Mad Dog the Mazda. We love that. We (laughs) love that. Now, uh, you're going to be driving back to uh, New Jersey. You're going to be going through uh, Texas. There's many beautiful things to see along the way. Oh, excuse me again. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dr. Pepper's really working on Doug the Neighbor's tummy. Oh, my God, I apologize. Excuse me. Okay, so uh, you're going to be uh, going back to driving back. Uh, uh, Please drive carefully. And there's lots of things along the way to see, beautiful things. America is a beautiful country. So please drive carefully on the way back. Now, once you get back to uh, New Jersey... I have some suggestions for your research there at your new school. And uh, let's talk about the first one that uh, you and I uh, came up with, my suggestion. You laugh at me, but I'm sure your students all have this problem. What is it? I think you're referring to waiter dreams. Yes, waiter dreams. What am I referring to? Waiter dreams. The restaurant business is very stressful, very, very stressful. So the, uh, and it affects uh, the, the individual, the waiter, the bartender, and they, they go home with waiter dreams. They'll wake up in the middle of the night with these stressful dreams. So your first day at class, since you'll be there in front of your, uh, in front of your students, Ask them how many of them have waiter dreams. You might be surprised. You seem pretty knowledgeable about this subject. I I have worked as a bartender and a waiter to get myself through school and life, and I still suffer from waiter dreams. The the job is very stressful, and uh, uh, one of the great, great waiter dreams is that you're in a restaurant serving food and you're naked. Mm. And I'm sure psychologists, people like you could tear 
someone apart, <laughs> but, you know, therapist, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it, uh, when you're there, the Doug the Neighbor question is going to be, how many of you have waiter dreams? All right. Okay. I'll have to pose that to them, and I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, let you know yeah, what they say, yeah, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> you can Google up this sort of stuff, but just remember, Doug the Neighbor brought it up first here on the podcast with Dr. Dan Bogart. <laughs> And what is the other one that I uh, thought that uh, in your world uh, that this might be of interest? And this is, uh, this is kind of interesting. Your other suggestion you brought up to me uh, for research is into it's the saltwater treatment. Is that for correct? addiction. For drugs, yes. 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 And the, how I heard about this, Dr. Dan, was uh, living in New York City and uh, some... Uh, working people from the Caribbean who had problems with their children being ad addicted to, uh, to drugs, uh, and they would uh, send them back to the Caribbean where they're from, out of the environment of New York City where drugs were so accessible, and they would, uh, I would, uh, they would say something like the salt water uh, uh, treatment, where they're around the salt water, they're in the salt water, whether it's the fresh air, uh, maybe it's the food, the environment, but I specifically remember them saying, they're in the salt water a lot. Maybe it's just their feet, you know, sucking out the poisons, uh, their skin. Because we all know that when you go in the ocean now, so you dry your skin is with the salt mm. water. So I, I, I think that's rather an interesting situation. I uh, bring it up because... Gosh, the opioid drug problem in America, could there be something there where it's every night you just go soak your feet in salt water, take a salt water bath five times a week, you know, and next thing you know, the desire, the drug is out of you. I don't know, but I heard this. You know? Sure, sure. And I, I don't know in terms of the research on that, but just if you're hearing stories from people saying this works, uh, right, to right. me that it leads to, well, what aspect of it is really responsible? Let's assume it does work. Is it is it actually the salt water? Or is it just being in nature uh, right, right. or some other aspect of that? Right, right. So it would right, be interesting right. to oh, Only connecting the dots of, you know, what is it? But if it is the cure, the start of it, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to lose weight, stop eating ice cream. Go exercise. Well, you also stop other eating other things and you do more exercise. Right, you know? So right. it's always that first thing to get started. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we, we've... Oh, have that idea for you to, and re and we want you to report back to our podcast. <laughs> All right, that'll be our next our next <laughs> chat. I'll, uh, I'll get you the results when you're a double doctor, <laughs> <laughs> doctor, doctor. <laughs> now, uh, good fun listening to you concerning uh, your career. This is very admirable. Do you have any uh, hobbies or anything? I know you stay very busy. Do you have any hobbies? Yeah, um, I've been getting back into rock climbing recently, rock climbing? so that's a lot of fun. Okay, all right. Have you ever Have you ever been rock climbing? Uh, I come from El Paso and climbed Mount Franklin a couple of times, and yeah, you climb up to the top, but now they got a, a tramway. It's easier to take the tramway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't necessarily do it because it's e the easiest way. Out, but, uh, no, it's this kind of rock climbing called bouldering. So you're not... Bouldering. Bouldering, yeah. Yes. So I haven't sort of... I think the, the most 
sort of serious rock climbers like go outside and and do it out yeah, out yeah, there yeah. um i just go in, into an indoor climbing gym it's called a bouldering gym bouldering gym now where here in awesome austin texas do you do this oh there's a great one here uh in east austin uh it's called the austin bouldering project so huge uh, austin bouldering austin project. bouldering Pro- yeah so bouldering is you're, you're climbing without any um ropes or or sort of safety nets, but you don't need that because you're only going about 10 to 12 feet off the ground. Oh, I see. I see. And just climbing these rocks. Yeah. And you pay for this privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, maybe I should get a couple of rocks for the backyard <laughs> and put a sign out front. <laughs> hey, this is America. Capitalism works. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Doug the neighbor bouldering over here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That, that's very funny, Dan. Now, uh, do you have any uh, musical aspirations, Dan? Oh, you play oh, it. Not, play not where anyone or? can hear me. Um, growing up, I I took piano lessons for a year or two, uh, and and then that sort of got too challenging, and I switched to uh, drum lessons. Uh, then my teacher left. So I, I've dabbled in piano drums, and then uh, guitar lessons was sort of the latest, but. Uh, more just for fun, just not, for fun. not too serious. Well, yeah. it, it, you know, you you have done a very uh, admirable situations of uh, working your way through high school and college and graduate school, moving here to Austin, Texas, uh, being online to support your family, tutoring online to support your family, teaching at two different jobs, finally getting a job uh, at Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey. So uh, having some sort of outlet in music is. is it's very, very interesting. Now, uh, we appreciate uh, this. Uh, I wondered if you have any uh, wise words to a young listener or someone who wishes to get into your business, what you would tell them uh, at, to, and how to, to what, what to expect in your business. What would you advise them on? Oh, sure. Uh, in psychology, I would just say, um, you know, obviously do the work, you know, go to your classes, do the reading, talk to people, listen to what they're saying, um, you know, work hard and, and follow, follow your dreams in, in that way. And uh, certainly if you're thinking about doing research, I definitely recommend getting experience volunteering in research labs to see if that's the direction you want to go. Research labs. What about yeah. at uh, social uh, health, health, social organizations uh, in town, uh, uh, outreach programs, anything like that? Does that help? Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, within psychology in terms of studying it, uh, you can... There sort of is a division between what's called the clinical route, which is seeing patients, yes. uh, working with people, and uh, in some cases going for more research or teaching. Um, so my program was towards research and teaching, but certainly if you're sort of undecided and want to see if you want to go the clinical route of treating patients, uh, certainly uh, getting that kind of experience the, uh, and exposure would, yeah, would be really just helpful. following your dreams. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Dr. Dan Bogart, I certainly appreciate you coming by the uh, Possum Trot Studios, and it's obvious that you take your ABK Karma Vitamins every day, and those are always be kind, the Karma Vitamins. Here at the Possum Trot Studios, we certainly appreciate uh, you coming by and enjoying our Dr. Pepper and uh, your, 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 your story of your life. It's a very, very admirable story. And now you're leaving Austin and going back to, to New Jersey, uh, to Rowan University to pursue your dreams. 
Is that not true? That is correct. And it's very, very sad you're leaving because you're a good man and and have become a good friend. We'd like to thank everyone for listening today to the podcast, the Possum Trot Studios podcast of Doug the Neighbor. And always do your best. All the best. Take care.